Hello, everybody, and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, it's Ariel, and me, Raylene. Raylene, Raylene, woo, 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 woo. Hype, <laughs> hype, hype. So, guys, this is going to be a super fun episode. We have so much to talk about. We have so many books to discuss, and quite <laughs> frankly, we do not have the time for filler content. No, exactly. Okay? Just go, go, go. <laughs> As we kind of talked about in the last episode, I went to New York City, baby. Ooh. I went to the big city. <laughs> the real big city, really. Yeah, not Halifax. The small big city. Halifax, Halifax compared to... Let me look up. Population <laughs> of Halifax is 400,000 that's such a mid-range city that's such a mid-range nothing okay 400,000 population of new york i guess i should put in city so that doesn't give me the state 8.5 million (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) you can keep calling halifax a big city it's it is the big city i mean compared to where i am it's yeah. the big city where it's like population eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm just going to rip off the bandaid. I bought a lot of books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to defend it. Mm-hmm. I bought a lot of books. What is interesting though. So we kind of have talked about this a little bit on the pod. Raylene and I were doing a project just for ourselves in February that we titled Frugal February. Mm -hmm. And it was just a little project that I think we're going to do again, aren't we? Like, I think we should do it. I think we should do it every other month. Like, and because where we're like, we're really strict. Like, I think doing it, doing it has made me more careful of my spending moving forward. Like, I think twice now before I buy something. I'm like, do I really need that now? Like, is it necessary now? Um, Because in February, we weren't allowed to buy anything like Mm -hmm. extraneous so i think doing that every other month will be good we just have to try not to have the in-between months become out of control spending yeah exactly because i can really see how easy it would be for (laughs) march to just become like well i didn't get to spend money in february and i'm not going to be spending money in april so i've got to go crazy right no (laughs) that's that's not the point (laughs) that's the opposite but because part of my trip was in february I did buy some books because I was like, you know what? The point of this trip for me was to like be in New York, go to beautiful bookshops, hang out with my friends. It wasn't to go shopping. However, it also wasn't to like not buy books I can't buy in Canada or books that I see. So I did buy a few books in February for sure. Um, But then in the second half of my trip, I also bought books, but I bought like (laughs) other cute things. So I want to start with the cute things first. Oh, okay. I bought this tote bag, Raylene. It's a McNally Jackson tote bag. And McNally Jackson is kind of the fan favorite in New York. Like, obviously, there's the Strand. And the Strand is is probably the most iconic one. Mm -hmm. But I think over the last few years, McNally Jackson has gotten very popular with the cool kids in NYC. It's an independent bookshop chain now because originally it just started with one indie bookshop, but it got really popular and I guess did really well. There was one in Soho. Now there's four. Oh, that's um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And my new favorite New York bookshop. Okay. It used to probably be The Strand. It has absolutely been shaken up 
It is now the McNally Jackson Seaport location. Okay. You, if you're in New York or if you're going to New York or if you're, you know, ever find yourself there, make sure you get down to the Seaport location. It's all the way south, so it's a little in in Manhattan. It's a little bit difficult to it's not difficult to get to. It's just like slightly out of your way maybe. Yeah. It might be an extra 10 minutes on the train. It's so worth it. You'll spend a couple of fun hours there. It's really big. It's super Ooh, spread out, store. but very luxurious in like an old uh, warehouse type building, like very industrial oh. chic. It's beautiful. So anyway, that's why I got the tote bag. But then I also got some random stuff along my trip that wasn't all from McNally Jackson. Uh, I got, <laughs> I went into an art store and I wanted to Ooh. talk about these two items. I got a bone folder and <gasps> a paper awl. So I guess it's not just for paper, but it's mainly used for paper. These are both book binding tools. As we know, I did my book binding course a few weeks ago. Obsessed. Want to do book binding. (laughs) Wasn't allowed to buy the materials to do book binding because it was frugal February. So now I was like, it would be really cute if some of my tools came from New York. I was like, that's kind of neat. It is nice. So I got those babies. Um washi tapes realized the other day i had run out of them so found myself in some really lovely stationery stores throughout the city picked up some washi tapes then bought the most superfluous ridiculous thing (laughs) i bought this one in march not in february (laughs) that makes it okay (laughs) i feel ridiculous showing you this but here we are i know that people who listen to the pod are also going to be stationary people so i was like they'll appreciate this and i will of course be taking photos for the instagram i bought this little ceramic (laughs) tape dispenser (laughs) it's so lovely let me asmr okay um and you i can put my washi tape in it it's so cute it's got a little wooden spool it's made of ceramic so it looks kind of like i don't know beautiful it's like a yeah it's it's not just a plastic tape dispenser it's a reusable one and i'm so excited to have this on my desk did you hear that sound that was me putting it on my desk for the first time and i'm gonna be i'm gonna have it there for the rest of my life so that seems cute that's good (laughs) then i got some really cute stationary things so i got this really fancy to-do list obsessed (laughs) obsessed i got some stationary kits because i really want to write raylene and other friends letters Ah, we've talked about that that. um look at this one look at this one really oh my god it's too cute incredible it's just too cute so i really wanted to just shout out some of the fun stationary stuff i bought oh and then i also bought these lens cloths oh when i was pretty i know so a couple years ago honestly it was probably like seven years ago now but i realized that the place to buy lens cloths is art museum gift shops because they will have usually a lens cloth or if it's a big museum multiple lens cloths on the art that they display yeah and so you're getting art as a lens cloth it's a very good system and some of my because i haven't bought lens cloths in years because i haven't been anywhere uh i've either lost them or i just like they're dirty or whatever so i was like it's time to get some new lens cloths and i was in the met so there you go all right very nice so that's my little stationary haul what we're gonna do next is we're gonna move into raylene's books because she got a few books this will give us a chance for me to stop freaking talking so much (laughs) enough i will do my big book haul and then raylene read a bunch of stuff (laughs) 
I was out buying the books. Raylene was doing the real work. She was reading the books. So there will be, usually I feel like there's more of a back and forth, like only a few minutes each talking. It's going to be a bit more bulky this time, but we are all going to talk. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't you Um, worry. Don't worry, listeners. But Raylene, you bought some. Yes. So what happened is I went thrifting with my friend. Basically, there's a city like half an hour from where I live that has tons of thrift stores all really close Mm. to each other. So there's like five or six, like honestly, like so many. And you can just walk to all of them. And so I was like, let's just have a day where we go out thrifting. Um, So I found some random like cool stuff while I was thrifting too. Like I got this little sake set that has like two little (gasps) glasses and like the bottle that you can put your sake in. What color is it? It's like a dark gray with a beautiful Mm. illustration on it. It was $2. Beautiful. It was two bucks for the set. We need a photo for the Instagram. Okay, yeah. I'll have to to remember to do that because it's gorgeous. That was definitely my find of the day. Um, Mm. But then I also got a handful of books. So the first one I got is Faux by Ian Reid. And this one... (gasps) I've seen this one around. Right. I mainly got this because of I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Like I read that book a few years ago and it was just so weird and like good. So I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to read more of his books. And this was, I think, his most recent perhaps that came out it came out a couple years ago i think but it seems really cool it's it seems kind of spooky too it's about this married couple that live on an isolated farm and then Mm. something weird happens i think but that's all i really know so did you know that he's canadian yeah i always forget that but i didn't know that i'm just looking at his wikipedia he's he just says born ontario okay ah (laughs) yeah there's actually a blurb from the globe and mail on the cover that says ian <laughs> oh that's fun it says ian reed just might be the most exciting and excitingly unclassifiable author working in canadian fiction today so there Whoa. you have it it says that's he lives in kingston ontario that's insane the reason that i said kingston in such a shock tone was because that's <laughs> maybe out of everywhere i've lived the place i've lived the longest yeah. so i'm not a huge kingston fan but listen. but it is where you're from in a way i refuse to say it's where i'm from really <laughs> you take that back i know i knew you that take was gonna that hurt back. you <laughs> i do not feel like i'm from kingston i do tell people i'm this is how i always phrase it i mainly grew up in kingston okay yeah. that's how i word it you spent a lot of time there but I it's not your place it's not my place <laughs> I wasn't born there. I didn't live there for my like early childhood, so I don't think I'm from there. You know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah, you, to come to come from there, you kind of have to have started there in some yeah. way or another. Right? I okay, guess. I'm glad we I agree guess. on that. I will okay. also say you are right. That is um his latest release, but he okay. has a book that's coming out this year called <gasps> We Spread. It oh. has a pretty cover. I'll have to look that one up. I did not know that. So, yeah, I'm pretty hyped to have that one. I got a nice, like, perfect condition paperback, which was exciting. And the next book I got is one that I think, I think I mentioned this on Book Olds one time, and I just decided, you know what? I need this. And that is A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. Oh, we've talked about this one before loads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So this is another one that just, like, has been on my radar for quite a long time. Seems really cool. It's kind of like, almost like a short story collection, but not. Like, I think it's about a bunch of different connected people and this is kind of like the story of all of them and Mm. it won the pulitzer prize apparently wonder what year that was yeah it seems like it was like nominated for a bunch of awards and stuff so okay it just seems like a cool book and i know a lot of people who loved it so i figured for a dollar why not i may as well (laughs) grab that 
I actually am very excited to hear what you think of that one because it's one yeah. that I've picked up and put down in multiple Me bookshops. Too. That's multiple exactly times. what I've always done. Yeah. So I really want to hear like, is that one? It's from the nineties, right? Um, am I, I crazy? It's more recent than that, but maybe I'm crazy. A visit from the Goon Squad. Oh no, you're right. 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah. 2010. So it's like I remember it being older than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. But then. That's what, yeah, I must have put it in my mind that it was the 90s. That is totally fine. So, yeah, I'm excited about cool. that guy. And then the last one that I picked up was Indians on Vacation by Thomas King, which is cool. another newer one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. since I read The Inconvenient Indian in January and really, like, I loved it, it was so good. I was like, you know what? I should try some of his fiction because yeah. I know that he's a great writer and. I feel like this one will be fun. It seems like it's kind of a, a lighthearted one. Like the cover is quite silly. If you mm -hmm. look at it, it's like, this is a funny looking book. So I actually don't really know what it's about. Um, I just kind of took a chance on it because it was cheap. So did you know that Thomas King is 78? That doesn't really surprise me, but I didn't know that. No. I would have guessed he was like 68. I guess that's not that big of a difference, but I'm like, <laughs> no, I guess I, I see what you're saying. Does that, that matter? Interesting. <laughs> Who knew he was so old. He looks really cool in his author photo. Check this out. Ugh, that's an incredible cool readable author. Stephen King also has great author photos. There's one where he's holding a guitar and he has a mustache. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy author photos. That's something that I like looking at. I feel like maybe you need to take a photo of that author photo for the uh that's a great idea for the instagram i'll try and find a cool steven one to go with it as well Ooh, fun fun <laughs> i didn't realize he was born in california he i know born right? in sacramento but did he just move here early in life i think so but i'm not sure that's fascinating just right. i i count him as a canadian <laughs> yeah right because i don't know why i really thought that that's very interesting mm -hmm. um okay those are cool books, Raylene. You did Thank good. You. I feel like, like random, your cool. your weakness is always thrift shops. And so Yeah, because it's like <laughs> it's so cheap. How yeah. can I not buy it? If I was in a brand new bookstore, I can say no because I'm like, okay, I can buy this another time. That's the other thing with thrifting. This book will probably be gone the next time I come here. That's dangerous you know? thinking, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. dangerous, but it's I think truth. that's one of those things where it's like the solution is just to go to thrift shops really rarely. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's been working so far. Because if I don't see the books, I can't buy them. Okay. On the other hand, <laughs> there's I you. went to a lot of bookshops and I bought a lot of books. Woo! Um, I'm excited about every single one of these. So I'm going to try and really avoid saying I'm really excited about it. Because that's, yep. like the, that's the like <laughs> stereotypical phrase during a book haul. It's just like, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about <laughs> this. I'm excited yeah. about all of them. But I actually, I will start with the one I am the most excited about. So this was a book that I've been seeing around and I was... I wasn't able to buy it because you and me were not buying books, but right. I kept being like, oh my God, okay, when when I can buy stuff again, this is the one book I really, really have to buy. Okay. It has a really beautiful cover in the UK, but I, I think I like the cover more in the US slash Canada. Okay. It is Cleopatra and Frankenstein oh, yeah. I've been by about Coco Millors. What do you think? Do you have a... a I haven't seen the like UK one, cover? but I have seen that. The, that one... I mean, 
it's a little unsettling it is a little unsettling it's like it's a painting of a lady but she clearly looks very sad and moody Mm -hmm. um this book is about a 24 year old girl who's an artist it's it was meant for me yeah that's (laughs) already this is just the book i pick up the most is that exact thing but it's a 24 year old british painter who yeah obviously is from england but has moved to new york her visa is about to run out and she meets this man who's (gasps) 20 years older than her and they end up getting married and listen to this line their impulsive marriage irreversibly changes both their lives and the lives of those close to them in ways they never could have predicted (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm ready um up next, I got, Mur- <laughs> this is so exciting, The T-Shirts I Love by Haruki Murakami. I think we might have mentioned this one on the podcast. I don't remember. But this is his newest book, and it's so dumb. Like, <laughs> it's like, why did he do this? <laughs> exactly. This is the kind of book that absolutely should not exist um, and can only exist because it's by a famous author. But exactly. that's totally fine. Like, I, I say it shouldn't exist in jest. I love that books like this can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... I mean, even at the beginning of the book, he literally says, I don't think that this book is going to be very good. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, love him. He says, (laughs) it's right here. It's right here. It says, um, these are the essays collected here in this volume. So basically he, he wrote the most of these or maybe all of these for a magazine. And then they have now been collected into this book. It isn't like these are valuable t-shirts or anything. And I'm not claiming they have any particular artistic value. I simply brought out some old t-shirts I'm fond of. We took photos of them and I added some short essays. That's all there is to it. I (laughs) doubt this book will be useful to anyone. (laughs) Much less being of any help in solving any of the myriad problems we face at present. Yet, that said, it could turn out to be meaningful as a kind of reference on customs that later generations could read to get a picture of the simple clothes and fairly comfortable life one novelist enjoyed from the end of the 20th century <laughs> into the beginning of the 21st. But then again, maybe not. Either way works for me. I'm just hoping you can find some measure of enjoyment in this little collection. Amazing. That, that little <laughs> excerpt is exactly the tone of this book. So this is actually the first one I've started reading. I'm probably two thirds into it obsessed 10 out of 10 absolutely love it i don't think you'll like it unless you like haruki murakami right because it's literally just him writing about t-shirts he loves um it sort of reminds me i did this zine a while ago called non-spawn and it was just me like illustrating um little illustrations of things i love but like i was like i'm not being sponsored i just love these things and yeah they're branded but like i love my jeep yeah (laughs) um and also it makes me think of you know that saying like people always say the a classic saying i would read her grocery list yeah that's this that's exactly what that is yeah it's like this has no real meaning or like anything to give (laughs) the world but it's murakami and if you love him you're gonna love the book yeah exactly i I want to read that little stories little opinions little ideas about his t-shirts and i'm like yep yes (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Um, okay so i 
part of the time that I was in New York, I was staying with Kaylee and Monica. Kaylee is our social media queen, right? Mm -hmm. So I went, I did a lot of book shopping with Kaylee. Me and Kaylee, we went around and we got some (laughs) buddy books. So I don't, I hope we can read at least one of these together. But um, yeah, these were just books that we both were really excited about and we ended up buying them at the same place. Yeah. So they are all lesbian romances, we realized. Fantastic. So there was a real (laughs) theme going on. This first one is called Four Minutes. And I'm obsessed with the cover. Beautiful. It is so stunning. And so it says it's about an orphan and like kind of a a tough childhood and stuff. So it sounds pretty stressful. But what really, really interested me was this part here. The sections are each meant to be read in approximately four minutes. A nod to a social experiment that put forth the hypothesis that it only takes four minutes of looking someone in the eye and listening to them in order to accept and empathize with them that's cool isn't it (laughs) yeah it's a cool concept yeah it's also translated from the bulgarian amazing i don't think i've ever seen or heard of a book by a bulgarian author before i was like yes that's so awesome (laughs) next up fair play by tove jansen have you heard of this author before um yes i have they wrote Moomin. Moomin, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Moomin, wait a minute. So this was translated from the Swedish. And I should mention, I guess the Haruki Murakami one is translated from the Japanese. Shall I? I'll say the translators too, because they did a lot of work. So, I mean, the, the Murakami is obviously Philip Gabriel, as always. Mm-hmm. And Four Minutes is translated by Isadora Angel. And this Tove Jansen one is translated from the Swedish by Thomas Thiel. This is, sounds really cool again. It's these two artists. One is a writer. One is an artist. They live on the opposite ends of a big apartment building. um, And their studios are connected by a long attic passageway. And it says that they've been friends for decades. And I think they're going to fall in love. (laughs) Very nice. Um, again, like, I guess I haven't been mentioning, but like, this one's like 120 pages. The other one was a hundred pages. Like these are all yeah, really nice short. short. This one, Winter Love by Han Suyin. Look at this, Raylene. Look Whoa. at how unbelievably beautiful that this little book cool. is. These are new books that McNally Jackson is publishing. <gasps> oh, okay, cool. So the bookshop like itself, yes, has started this really beautiful, um, press edition oh they're so so stunning i couldn't like i had to get this guy so beautiful so this author is really interesting it's uh they lived from 1917 to 2012 born to a chinese father and a belgian mother in xinyan in the north central province of henan um but like lived in different parts of the world i think lived in london for a time so again international Love that. Love that for us, Raylene. We're getting Yeah, me too. We're getting Your collection is getting very strong in the international department. Exactly. Um, and this is about two students, lesbians, during the Blitz during World War II, 1944. Mm. It sounded phenomenally sad and beautiful. <laughs> I was like, okay, Good great. Stuff. Oh, 
okay let's talk about oh really let's talk about these ones these are two that i was really excited to show you like super excited to show you this first one is called cold enough for snow by jessica Ooh, i don't know how to pronounce the last name ow a u is how it's spelled that's beautiful it's a yeah it's so beautiful um it's a writer based in australia melbourne so i guess that's why i was like raylene needs to know yeah i just i'm excited about australia (laughs) (laughs) um so this one is about a mother and a daughter who go on a trip to tokyo they walk for a day and they talk oh that's cool love it (laughs) that's perfect for you (laughs) obsessed with it and then this one really look at this cover (gasps) wow i I want it i want it i don't know what it's about but i already know i want it scattered all over the earth by yoko tawada author of the emissary we've definitely mentioned this author that's why the name looked familiar yeah i want the emissary as well god damn it i want all the books ariel (laughs) it's just not fair this is translated by Margaret Mitsutani. Um, it's the, so the thing that really got me intrigued is that it says it's about um, the world's climate disaster and its attendant refugee crisis, uh, seen through the loving uh, through the twin sorry viewed through the loving twin lenses of friendship and linguistic ingenuity. But it says it's cheerfully dystopian. Oh. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Listen to this. Welcome to the not too distant future. Japan, having vanished from the face of the earth, is now remembered as the land of sushi. Huroku, a former citizen and a climate refugee, has a job teaching immigrant children immigrant children in Denmark in her invented language, Panska, oh. Pan Scandinavian. Hmm. So it just sounds really crazy and um, wacky, mm-hmm. but. I love that it's got the climate change angle, the dystopian angle. I think it sounds really phenomenal. It says, as she searches for anyone can, who can still speak her mother tongue, Haruku soon makes new friends. Her troop travels to France and Stockholm, and in a series of mesmerizing scene, encounters an umami cooking <laughs> competition, a dead oh whale, God. an ultra-nationalist, Kakuzo robots, and much more. Doesn't that sound so, so good? Yeah, it sounds like all the things. And I love that. Exactly. It does sound like all the things. And it's really beautiful. That's a good cover. So excited. All right. We're more than halfway through. Don't worry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to be here for two hours again. <laughs> Next up. This was um, interesting. Not controversial, but like, did I need to buy this in New York? Maybe not. But I did. Mm. Margaret Atwood's Dearly. Oh, I so haven't cool. seen this edition in Canada. Neither have I. So yeah, that sometimes is... you have to snatch up the cool American yes. editions when you well, see them. It. I've definitely done that. That's exactly it. I like the Canadian edition, but I don't love it. But I mm-hmm. loved this edition. It's got like yeah. embroidered flowers on it. So, so this is uh, Margaret Atwood's poetry collection that got, I don't know, when was this released? Like last year? Maybe even this year? No, it must have been last uh, year. 2020. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> time. Yep. Time um, is nothing anymore. <laughs> I haven't really read any poetry by Margaret Atwood. If I have, it's just been like online or randomly, like never yeah. a proper collection of hers. And I've been really curious to do so. It's probably not the best to start with the latest one, but whatever. 
Where, where do you start? <laughs> this poem I just flipped past is called Frida Kahlo, San Miguel, and Ash Wednesday. <laughs> so incredible. Off to a great start. <laughs> um, I loved it. I loved the cover. So I picked it up. Picked it up. Picked it up. There we go. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> just looking at all these books. They're so beautiful. I'm like, they're so, so, all of these are beautiful. So I mentioned that I was staying with Monica as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Monica, Kim, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned her on the podcast before, but I will, um, yeah, you should all check out her Instagram. I'm trying, she has one of those beautiful Instagrams. You know people that have beautiful Instagrams? I know, it's just so good. (laughs) Monica's one of those people. Her username is monicakim.jpg, JPEG file. (laughs) very good um mm-hmm. so she took me to this gorgeous bookstore called the albertine that i have never been to before and it's in the french embassy oh isn't that interesting <laughs> that's cool i know so it's a french bookstore in new york in the french embassy and it's um all french books and then they have like an english translated section of books so it was really cool because they're all by french authors mm-hmm. um so i picked up two this one she told me i absolutely had to get winter in Sokcho. have you seen this oh, one i've seen that one yeah i've been curious about that one too yeah, Monica runs a readathon called Koreadathon um, that like celebrates Korean books and stuff. And so this is their pick for ah. this upcoming one, which I think might it's either started right now or it's starting next week. Um, but it says it's winter in Sokjo, a tourist town on the border of South and North Korea, and a young French Korean woman works as a receptionist. At a rundown guest house, which made me think about the guest house in Pachinko. And then I got emotional about Pachinko. But anyways, (laughs) um, one evening, an unexpected guest arrives. A French graphic novelist determined to find inspiration in the desolate landscape. They form an uneasy relationship and he kind of gets her to help him uh, travel around. So it sounds really interesting. Again, super short, really big font. Awesome. (laughs) I then got The Woman Destroyed by Simone de Beauvoir. I'm pronouncing that wrong. I've never seen that cover before. That's cool. It is cool, right? I thought it was kind of crazy. It's kind of weird, but I like it. It is kind of weird. Uh, I totally agree. So, famous, famous, uh-oh, I'm making it work. <laughs> I, was trying to say, I was trying to say famous feminist. Mm. Famous. <laughs> um, absolutely fascinating person in history but i've never read anything by her before and i thought okay in 1929 she became the youngest person ever to obtain the aggregation in philosophy philosophy i can't read anymore um at the sorbonne that really makes me whenever anyone mentions the sorbonne i think about midnight in paris and Mm. (laughs) the character saying i hardly think he'd be (laughs) I hardly think he's a pseudo-intellectual if he's teaching at the Sorbonne. Uh, anyways. Okay, this is the probably the dumbest reason I got a book. <laughs> Here I'm excited we go. to hear it. Tonight, I'm Someone Else. Essays by Chelsea Hodson. When I was at McNally... 
there's a giant poster that had the horoscopes and it said if you're a libra you'd like this one. Oh my god <laughs> what was the scorpio one did you like look I'm at it i'm sorry i didn't look ariel that's a big <laughs> betrayal i'm sad now um i was i i was like okay i'll look into it and i looked into it and i was like honestly that sounds amazing it like sounds so good <laughs> hysterical from grand theft auto to schopenhauer in these essays chelsea hodson probes her own desires to examine where the physical and the proprietary collide she asks what our privacy our intimacy and our own bodies are worth in the increasingly digital world which is a topic i find so interesting mm -hmm. and then it says starting with her own work experience including fashion modeling and working on a nasa mars mission uh, who is this person i'm like <laughs> that sounds that so good. sounds really cool it also has such a good feeling like it's oh, such a floppy nice floppy book oh amazing Worth only it. two more you guys only two more okay this is really interesting book it's called lucky breaks by evgenia belorusets so Ooh. um she is a ukrainian writer and obviously oh, nice. this is the terrifying news right now mm -hmm. uh, amidst everything else that's going on in the world around the world the I don't even know how to how to talk about it properly, but all of our love and our hearts go out to everyone in Ukraine right now. And mm -hmm. when I saw that this this book was written by a Ukrainian author and it looks so phenomenal, it's got photographs in it, really. It looks oh, so I beautiful. Um, I was like, I have to I have to pick this one up. And I looked the author up and she's currently in Kiev, which is really scary. And anyways, it sounds phenomenal. I'm really excited to read it. It says, out of the impoverished Ukrainian coal regions. Um, mm -hmm. And then, it, so that's kind of where it's set. And then the women, the, it's like a bunch of women characters. And it's a bunch of different, like, stories. It seems like kind of an oh. art project. You know, yeah. like, it's got the photographs. It's got different stories. Um, I think it sounds really good. A florist, a cosmetologist, the unemployed, card players, a witch who catches newborns with a mitten. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds interesting. Um, so I know one of the big things you can do right now is read, learn more about the world. And I was really excited to find that guy. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, I mean, wow, I kind of ended on a, on a stressful note because this last one is a pandemic book. Um, oh. The Fell by Sarah Moss. Oh, so Sarah Moss is definitely, gorgeous. it is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, Sarah Moss is an author I've seen floating around a lot, but I've never read one of her books. Mm. This sounds so good, Raylene. It sounds so good. And this was purely because of Kaylee. Kaylee mentioned that this book had come out and I found it and I was like, oh, I'm going to snatch it up. Yep. So it's about a, a woman who is having to quarantine for two weeks because I guess she tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And... She's in the middle of the, the two-week mandatory quarantine, and she's sick of it. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I'm going for a walk, right? <laughs> like, so obviously illegal. First of all, illegal. Secondly, probably immoral. Um, she lives in the rural countryside, though. Like, in okay. the, I think she lives in the moors. So she's like, I'm just going to go for a walk in nature. I need this or I'm going to lose my mind. Goes for a walk. Trips. Falls. <laughs> can't get back home ah <laughs> obviously didn't tell anyone she was going on the walk because she was she was not supposed to go on this exactly. walk. exactly so 
It says that somebody has seen her go on this walk and i think that they report her because they know she's supposed to be quarantining right um but it says somehow she falls injured unable to move she sees that her short furtive stroll will become a mountain rescue operation maybe even a missing person's case it's a story of mutual responsibility personal freedom compassion and it asks probing questions about how close so many live to the edge uh, um, who we are to our neighbors and how we become when the world demands we shut ourselves away. So I've st- already seen angry reviews from people who are like, we should not be celebrating a character who <laughs> breaks quarantine. And I'm like, but that's the reality. Like so many people yeah. broke quarantine and people <laughs> like didn't know exactly how to behave. And that's fascinating like i want to read about that so i think this sounds so interesting again so short it's like 180 pages but the font is huge and it's already a tiny book like it's short so amazing i mean short in stature oh raylene didn't i get such a strange haul you did i feel like you often do like you come back with the strangest books but they all sound so good so like i completely (laughs) understand why you got them (laughs) And, like, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have bought half of those books for sure myself. Look at these all. It's such a strange It's so many short books. I love that you got so many short books. That makes me me feel really happy for you. (laughs) That's what you need in your life. More short books. Oh, I feel like I just talked for ages because I did just talk for ages. So I'm going to sip on my tea while you tell us about what you've read. Because our last episode was a tag um, because it had only been like five days or something six days yeah. since we recorded the last one so we barely had had time to read anything so yeah. we're like let's do a fun tag uh which was a super fun episode I but because that. of that we haven't kind of done an update in almost two weeks so no exactly i'm excited to hear what you've read and what you're currently reading yeah i'll, I'll go through all tea. of it so yeah over the past a uh, little while here i have been consistently like listening to an audiobook while also reading a physical book Mm. and it's been working out quite well for me and I've been enjoying that so I finished two books and then I'm currently reading two so I'll start with the ones that I've finished so the audiobook that I was listening to is Missoula um, Rape and the Justice System in a College Town by John Krakauer so this was my first John Krakauer actually you kind of got me all hyped on John Krakauer because you we were talking about Into the Wild not too yes. long ago. Last and episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so I have been really wanting to read him. And that just felt like the sign for me to start. And Missoula is the book of his that I've been the most intrigued by for the longest amount of time. Okay. And it's the only one that I actually own. So okay. I just, it's kind of become a mashed potato book. So I, I was just saving it because not only I knew it was going to be a stressful read, but I knew yeah. I was going to love it. And so I was waiting for a time when I could like, handle both of those things i guess um and yeah it was absolutely phenomenal like good it is definitely very graphic at times so don't read this if you're going to be triggered by sexual assault and talking about it because it definitely goes very much into detail in lots of cases Um, but basically it kind of is like a report on it was kind of like one year almost or like you know maybe a little bit more than a year but that kind of time frame in the specific college town 
where lots of uh, sexual assaults were like popping up. And then there was people who were sometimes just reporting it to the to the university and then they would investigate mm. or they would sometimes kind of get escalated to um, the police and everything. And so it kind of goes into all these different cases and kind of what happens. And throughout the second half of the book, you kind of get to see the court cases or like singular court case for one particular case. And the way that it was put together was so perfect like mm. um just the way like he was able to n put all these different stories and all these different testimonies from uh assorted different people and make it into a story that makes sense like it felt it, like it could have been a novel which sounds weird but that's one of those well things where like it just reads like a story yes, even though yes. it was like this happened you know that's and so exactly how i felt about <sighs> into the wild work because like like yeah. i mentioned there's some different stories that aren't about the main again it's not a main character but it feels right. like a main character Person. chris McCandless. Exactly. like there's other stories he tells but they somehow weave in super well and like oh it's really good yeah and i find that like he never like loses track of the the narrative even though he's got like 20 different people you know he has like word for word testimonies and like people in he interviewed people obviously for the book as well and he just like makes it perfect somehow so like wow. It was really, really good. So I highly recommend it. And I will definitely be reading more John Krakauer. But specifically, I want to listen to his books on audio. So I'm nice. just waiting okay, for the yeah. library to come through with those. But as <laughs> soon as I get them, I will be listening to them because I'm now obsessed with him. I think he's such a good writer. So That's so yeah. cool. I'm so glad that that worked out in that way. Because also... I don't think I know anyone who's read another one of his books. Like right. everyone talks about Into the Wild, right? Yeah. Like that's the one. So it's cool that you read. That's his newest one I'm looking now. It came out in 2018. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. He hasn't written anything else since No. I'm, I'm also very excited for Into Thin Air and Under the Banner of Heaven. Like, yeah. Into the Wild I'm interested in as well. But those two, I feel like I don't really know much about the stories, like of what happened. So I, I'm more intrigued about those because I know less. But all of his books sound really cool. I didn't know about Under the Banner of Heaven. This sounds stressful. <laughs> sounds stressful, which is why, I mean, I like stressful books. I'm kind of like Brenna in that way. <laughs> I enjoy being stressed out. I don't know why, but I, I enjoy reading books like that. Um, okay. The other book that I finished was a short story collection. Oh, my and God. one that was slowly becoming a mashed potato book. And that is The Vanishing Princess by Jenny Diskey. Diskey. And this, basically, the story of how I got this is also kind of kind of silly it's basically from there's like a collection of short story collections called the art of the story and it'll oh, echo the art of the story ECCO if anybody wants to look it up and I read a different book in this collection a few years ago um, which is unclean jobs for women and girls and that book I really enjoyed that short story collection yeah, so I, I was like that. oh let me see what else is in this collection so I just looked up the echo art of the story and this one caught my eye and sounded intriguing so I bought it so I didn't really know anything about it didn't know anything about the author um turns out she has written tons of books both nonfiction and fiction and then this short story collection but Damn. this one was cool I really liked it um the title story the vanishing princess is basically about this like some of the stories are like genuinely kind of like fairy tale-esque mm. which I really liked so this one is about a princess who lives in a tower and every so often people will come and visit her and like there's a key, key to lock the door and every single time they lock her in or whatever but she never Ugh. feels like she wants to escape like she just is happy oh. living her life there which is kind of interesting <laughs> like she never considers the fact that she could leave if she wanted to potentially like she could just be like hey can you let me out like she's just kind of like right. content with her life and then like 
these soldiers start coming by because they discover her. They're like, what is going on up in that tower? And they come in and they start kind of like just inserting themselves into her life. And like, she doesn't need them there, but it's just interesting. It's an interesting story. And then the last story is also about a princess, Mm. but a different type of princess, which is kind of fun. And then there's a couple of other fairy tale stories in there. Like there's one that's kind of a twist on Rumpelstiltskin, which is really fun. (laughs) But then the rest of the stories are kind of just like about women living their lives, which I really enjoyed. Like, I feel like, this could be an aerial collection. I feel like you oh, would like it. Oh my goodness. It's very cool. Some of them are just very mundane. Like one is just about a woman who goes for walks on her lunch break from work. Mm. And it's just like Love about that. that. <laughs> yeah. So very interesting collection. I really enjoyed it. If I had to rate it, I would give it four stars, which is pretty good for short story collections. I often find they get kind of rated lower in my head yep. just because yep. there's, it's like if I dislike two or three of the stories, that automatically brings it down pretty far and then i have to really love the rest for it to average out but this one i feel like averaged out a little higher which is good um because i'm i I love short stories but i'm often nervous to read collections for that very reason (laughs) because i'm like but what if i don't love them all um so yeah i read that and really really enjoyed that then (laughs) it's time to start reading some new books so i went on to my uh, library audiobook app and was like what can i read next and it's funny because i'm trying to listen to audiobooks of books I already own because as we all know my mission for this year is to read my my unread books and so I've just been kind of trying to find books that I own already and then listening to them and I've also been really enjoying listening to nonfiction. I know that like you've talked about it quite a lot that like you have a hard time listening to fiction audiobooks because like it's just hard to keep track of and I agree with that I still try to do it but yeah 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 I've been finding that nonfiction is just so much easier to listen to. So much easier. Um, And so the book that I started listening to is From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. Totally. That looks so much like the cover for the other book I just bought. Oh. The Jane Smiley one that you Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's got like yellow grass kind of all over it. It's like basically the exact same. It does look kind of like this. Yeah, I guess it does have the sky as well. But... (laughs) <laughs> this book well, i guess the full title is from the ashes my story of being metis homeless and finding my way mm. so this is i mean that's exactly what it's about so i don't really have to explain much more <laughs> yeah. but it it's a really good so far i'm like maybe 60 percent of the way through the audiobook right now and i am absolutely loving it similarly to the john crack hour like it just tells a great story mm. um even though it is about harrowing topics and like this man really has gone through a lot but it's it's just so well written that mm. I could just like I could sit down and listen to it all day. Mm. And even though it's kind of hard to listen to it at times, like at the same time, it's easy to listen to in terms yeah. of it just flowing very well. And so I'm really loving it. I already know it's going to be a five star read. Like that's how much I'm enjoying it. I and also I'm like, I need to read more memoirs. Like I'm yeah, every time I read mission. a memoir. Yeah, every time totally. I read a memoir, I've been loving it so far. So I would gladly take more recommendations because I don't have that many memoirs on my shelf because I there's just so many out there and I'm like, I want to read the good ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. Either you want to read about somebody you already know about, like a celebrity memoir sometimes can be <laughs> fun to read, but I also like learning about people that I've never heard of before who just wrote a really great book. So yeah, greatly enjoying that. The audiobook is fantastic. It is narrated by the author, which I also find 
to be important with a memoir. I don't like listening to memoirs that are narrated by so someone confusing. else. It so just feels confusing. weird. It just feels very so weird, weird. <laughs> Yeah, like a little while ago, I listened to the audiobook for Nala's Journey. That's a cat book that I listened to a little while ago. <laughs> and I thought that it was narrated by the author, but it's not. It's oh, just some weird. It's just some random Scottish guy who is a really great narrator, but I thought he was the author. So I went to go, I, I listened to the sample for the book Shuggy Bane a little yeah. while ago, and it was the same guy. I was like, wait. This is so weird. I don't think I can listen to this audiobook because it sounds no. like in my head he is somebody else. So that's my bad. That's my bad. I didn't research <laughs> it before I started listening. But yeah, anyway, so this is a great audiobook. Very well read. Very good book. And then the physical book that I'm currently reading is going to be super random. Oh. You already know about this. Oh, okay. We just did our live show. Oh, but yes. it is, it's very, it's just like random because like I had never heard of it before I <laughs> picked it up. And that book is Among Others by Joe Walton. And yes. this one, actually, I guess I technically hauled this one recently as well when I was thrifting. It was funny because my friend, well, I have a book club with a few of my friends and one of them picked this book and we were mm. like, hmm, that's random. Never heard of it. None of us owned it. So we were like, how are we going to read this book? Luckily, the library had a couple of copies. And so I was just planning on doing that. But then when I was thrifting recently, I Woo. found it. Woo. And I was like, what in the... What the heck? <laughs> so incredible. Like this book, when did it come out? Like it's not super old, but it's not super recent either. And Joe Walton is a, oh, it came out in 2010. So mm. well, 12 years old. So it's a little bit older, but uh, she's a Canadian author from originally from Wales. And this okay. book is like a coming of age boarding school story that takes place in Wales or part of it takes place in Wales. Like the main character is from Wales, but then gets shipped off to a boarding school in England, essentially. Cause her family, her family situation is kind of complicated and the only place she can go to live is with her dad in England that she doesn't know. And okay. so that's kind of an angle that's going on, but there's also like, there's not a lot of fantasy elements, but there's like an undertone of like, there are fairies everywhere is kind of the thing Ooh, and like okay. she is one of the this few people weird. who can see them and kind of yeah. talk to them and so that's really interesting i love that and like there was an event that happened with basically the main character had a twin sister the twin sister is no longer in the picture and i don't know why yet so i can't explain it but basically back in the day when they were younger there was this big like um kind of like place that was like polluting the whales like the countryside mm -hmm. and everything and they hated it and so the fairies were like hey can you guys just do this little favor for us and like shut it down and they do it and like that's kind of like what the very beginning of the book is you see them like doing this little ritual that like shuts wow. down this huge place and that's so, so it's cute. like the fairies yeah so it's like they're the fairies are real like it seems like it could just be kind of like a, a childhood thing where they think they're fairies but it seems like they're actually real so that's kind of an interesting thing that's going on and um yeah i'm still in the early stages of the book but i always love a boarding school story and it's written like a diary which i haven't read a book like that in a long time mm -hmm. i feel like that's not as common anymore as it was 12 years ago um but yeah it's really nice so it's just like you're following her day to day and she loves books is the other thing this is like a love a love letter to libraries i would say mm. uh, the main character is obsessed with sci-fi fantasy books and so she's okay. constantly trying to seek out sci-fi fantasy books and so you'll get lots of good book recommendations if you read this as well but yeah so That's far, cool. i'm really enjoying it but like i said it's so random like i had never heard of this book don't think i've ever heard of any other books by the author but it won the hugo and nebula awards apparently so Ooh. pretty cool pretty cool <laughs> i feel like I'm 
I'm really curious if like um the ne- the Hugo and the Nebula Awards give out like 18 awards a year or something they because must. I feel like there's so many books that have won those awards and I'm like it's true yeah, I wonder if this was it. like I don't know like a YA version of of for that year or something mm-hmm. like I don't know though because that's like the isn't the National Book Award? Is that the one where they have like five different categories and they each win? Yeah, so it might be something like it must it might be, be because like there's so many books that have won Hugo's <laughs> and Nebula's, and I'm like, yeah, it does. I'm not saying it is bad. I'm just saying like, they're just like, how so are many. there so many? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into that. I've never really thought about that, but that is very true. I feel but like yeah. you've read some really cool, slightly random but good right? stuff. Yeah, I. It's funny because in January I read a lot of mashed potato books, and then I yes. feel like in February and like leading into March, I'm kind of just reading some random stuff, which is fun. But I do want to get back into my mashed potato books. Actually, there was somebody who suggested, I think it was on Instagram, suggested that we do mashed potato March because I think we it started missed because it you. Now. Yeah, we kind of do missed mashed it. potato May. <laughs> That's a great idea. Let's aim for that. Mashed potato okay. May. We will read however many mashed potato books we can in May. I love that I idea. Love I think that. it kind of branched off of the moment when I betrayed you and read the flat share. And then somebody was like, God why don't it. you guys just read your mashed potato books? Like, just go ahead and just do it. And I think that's a great idea. So, yeah. Mashed potato May. Join us then. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, that's kind of actually a good segue into book news. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Let's go into that because did you know that they're doing an adaptation of the flat share? What? We t- I know. I don't think we've talked about this, right? No, but that sounds awesome. I know. So this is from comedy.co.uk. Paramount Plus adapts Beth O'Leary's The Flat Share as first UK comedy. <gasps> um, so this article is actually from January, at the end of January. So... We kind of missed it, I guess. Like, it had been announced a little bit ago. But I thought that was really interesting because you obviously just read it. Yeah. So that was kind of good timing. Um, I don't think that we have any details about it yet. No. But we'll just have to keep an eye out. And for anyone who has read it, now you know. Um, That's awesome. I will continue, though, because there are some quite a there's a couple of different interesting book to movie adaptation or book to show okay. adaptations here up next american born chinese whoa okay that's interesting Isn't that cool i feel like graphic novels don't get adapted nearly enough no but it's a live action um series like it's a show with okay. actors it's not going to be illustrated so yeah this is a book um a graphic novel by jean luen yang which i loved when i read it a couple years ago it's i thought it was so good and now they're adapting it uh into a show i'm trying to figure out <laughs> it's kind of funny isn't it? like all of these shows are now made by like it's either netflix or apple or, or who i think this might be a disney plus one. Oh, I hope so then I can actually watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so that's interesting. Again, we don't have much news about it. I just saw that it has been announced, but I mean, we do know a lot of the actors that are going to be in it, including Michelle Yeoh, who I think is so cool. I love her. Yeah, she is so cool. So, she's in it and a bunch of other people are in it that I don't recognize, but 
but it'll what be good we, it'll we already be good. know it'll be good here's another these keep like all of these were they were news to me like i really hadn't <laughs> heard about them did you know that they are making a new version of the time traveler's wife oh i did hear about th- i think somebody sent that on the discord or something yes Holly. Hallie put this in the in our discord the time traveler's wife weirdly starring theo james i hate that i'm like gazing into the distance right now sorry that was dramatic (laughs) um so the 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 wife i guess is uh played by rose leslie who i didn't realize that was her name Mm -hmm. (laughs) she played um Egret in Game of Thrones. Egret. Yes, that's yep. it. Egret in Game of Thrones. I mean, she's done lots of other cool stuff, but that's like, in my head, the big one that she's done. I really but wow, like she's her. also been in a lot of episodes of Downton Abbey. I forgot about oh, that. Fascinating. Yeah, she's in a lot of cool stuff. But anyways, this is a whole freaking adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a whole show. Isn't that Do you know when it's coming out or where it's This streaming? year, 2022. Huh. I still have yet to watch the Time Traveler's Wife movie because I just have a feeling it's going to oh, be really bad. Um, that's but I think I might watch it and then watch this show just so I can be fully informed because I'm just what my worry is is that this book doesn't adapt well because it's kind of mm. weird. It's a weird story and I feel like it could be really weird to watch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, but I just don't know <laughs> how that's going to be. <laughs> Well, I thought it was really interesting just because you talk about that book so much, obviously. Mm -hmm. And like somebody, I think maybe somebody also pointed this out in the Discord, but the Time Traveler's Wife movie wasn't that long ago. It came out in 2009. Yeah. So it's been like, I guess, 12 years. And we're already getting, now we're getting a TV show version of it for kind of a modern book. It just was a little surprising, right? Yeah. Um, But maybe it'll be great maybe it's it'll possible. be amazing we'll it see. could be theo james <laughs> i just feel like he's too young like it doesn't make any sense to me but that's okay and it's oh, him. i'm looking at him with long hair he looks kind of cool with his long hair okay i'll look into that that seems fine that's so interesting she has orange hair which i just love orange yeah. hair nobody needed to know that she has orange hair i just really love that uh next up okay this is important important news there is a new line of books. You actually, Raylene, are the first person who showed me this. Oh, yeah. It's, called, it's it. from Vintage, and it's called the Vintage Heroines series. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure if I've got my, <laughs> I've got my news correct here, they're all books written by women with female, like, women main characters, and then they got women photographers yeah. to take the photos for the covers. So And they're all from around the world, which I think is one of the coolest yes. things about it. So we have some classics like Jane Eyre, but we also have some newer books, which is the reason I think I'm the most excited about it. Mm. We have My Year of Rest and Relaxation on there. Oh, it's so nice. Unbelievably beautiful. Um, so yeah, there's 10 books, so I won't list them all. Definitely go and look them up because they are so, so stunning. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm obsessed beautiful. with the photos. Like the covers kill me because yeah. they're so wonderful. They are so beautiful. They're like just, oh, 
10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're so pretty. And obviously we do talk a lot about book covers on the podcast. Like when we like some covers, we're like, we're in. (laughs) Yeah. This collection did it for me. And I just love how like it just screams women. And I love that. Yeah. Like everything about this series is just like women, women, women. And I think that's Yeah. I think that's really cool. So definitely check those out. If you haven't yet purchased my year of rest and relaxation, this is probably probably the cover you should get i agree i like the original cover but i love this cover (laughs) like this version that's so tough that's so tough um the cover for oranges are not the only fruit that's another good one oh that's a book i don't own so maybe i should now (laughs) right and white chrysanthemum looks really cool too that's one that has really caught my eye i had never heard of it but it has great reviews and the cover is incredible and it sounds great that's the thing too like all the books genuinely sound great like i have never been interested in picking up madame bovary until i saw it as part of this collection i was like wait a minute hang on um okay so the final piece of news is honestly some of the biggest book news that's happened in the book world in years probably um it's pretty fascinating it's pretty interesting it's one of these things that you're we're just gonna have to keep our eye on because i think there's gonna be ripples okay for the rest of time oh my god (laughs) it's because of mr brandon sanderson so i heard about this yeah yes brandon sanderson posted a video um (laughs) which is pretty funny and interesting um where he basically like he called it something like, like finally telling you the truth or so, something like that. Like <laughs> something it's like, dramatic. It's like super so dramatic. Would click on it. Yeah, and so it's very clickbaity, and it's sort of like, oh my god, like is he about to get like announced like something that he did is really wrong or like what yeah. happened? But the, it's just that during the quarantine, he wrote five secret novels, which like again, if people don't know who Brandon Sanderson is. He's a fantasy writer and his books are already massive. And the books he puts, he pulls them. Have you watched the video, Arlene? No, I haven't, but I, I should. I think you that. should. I think you'll find it funny. And you like Brandon Sanderson. Obviously, yeah, you've read his yeah. Mistborn series and you've read the other one, The Way of Kings. Not Switch. yet. That's the, well, that's the other funny thing is he's still releasing those books and they're all over a thousand pages long. And he releases yes. one like every year or every, every other year. year. Yeah. So like, no. how is he also writing no. five secret exactly. books? Like he still wrote the books for the series that are supposed I to come out this year. And on top of those other novels, he wrote five extra novels. I don't um, understand him. I'm pretty sure. He's a most vampire. Of them... He probably never sleeps. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of them are standalone. Some of them are like. I don't know, spinoffs, like maybe prequels or sequels. Oh, so they're or, not or like sequels. a series of five. No. Oh, no, that's what I like... assumed. I didn't look too closely into it, so I just guessed. Yeah, so it's very interesting because it's not a new series. It's So in the, in the video, he kind of talks about how because he's got these massive popular super famous series going Mm -hmm. on that he's like locked into contractually he's been writing that and he's like i've always had all these other standalone novels i've wanted to write but i've never had the time to write them yeah and he kind of shows a little pie chart of how he usually spends his time and how like a third of his time or a quarter of his time is spent traveling for his job. He's like, but during the lockdowns and quarantines and COVID, I haven't traveled at all. And so all of that time became more writing time. 
And so he just like will whip out this thousand pages of like paper. <laughs> and he's like, so I wrote a book and then I wrote another one and I wrote another one. And like on top in front of him is literally like two feet worth of paper of these novels he's written. So that, that so in and of cool. itself is like very fun, but like who cares unless you're a Brandon Sanderson fan, who cares? The reason that this is news is because he's self-publishing them. Oh. So he already has a really big, uh, like who he publishes with his tour. So it's yeah. like a massive fantasy sci-fi press and everything. Like he's got traditional deals galore, but he's decided to publish these, self-publish them through Kickstarter. Oh. And so you have a couple different options. So option number one, I actually do think that these are still going to be published traditionally as well. So eventually, yeah. I don't know when, but eventually I'm sure you're going to be able to buy them at chapters or yeah. whatever. But if you want, you can back this Kickstarter and get them like a, like a gift box, like a, like a subscription box. So oh, cool. quarterly throughout 2023... You will receive one of the secret novels he wrote, along with some little merchy swag stuff. Hmm. So why is, is this? Why is this revolutionary? First of all, just because no one's ever done anything like this before. But secondly, because the thing has only been up for five days, and he's already made thirty-two million dollars. Oh my god. It is now the biggest Kickstarter of all time. No so shit. not only the biggest literary Kickstarter, but just the biggest Kickstarter of all time, which that is, is wild. fascinating. Um, and so the reason that I like think that this is so fascinating is because we all know that there's these massive problems with publishing how some authors get massive advances, some don't, and there's all of this slowness and dryness. And it's like publishing is one of these very traditionalist industries where it's like we have a way of doing things mm -hmm. and we're going to just keep doing it even though it's 2022 and we have the internet. You're still supposed to you're still supposed to mail in your query letter. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. all of these really uh, old systems that have not been shaken up for a very long time. And obviously mm -hmm. there are lots of other things happening. Like um, I think that 50 shades of gray is actually fascinating for the publishing industry because it mm -hmm. really showed like what happens when a self-published author really takes off. They don't need traditional publishing. So yeah. Ru Ruby core is another interesting example of that. She self-published her first collection, milk and honey and just kind of sold it through Tumblr and then it became really huge in the Tumblr Instagram scene and now she's the best-selling poet of all time. But of course, what's mm -hmm. fascinating is usually what happens is these authors go from being self-published to then being traditionally published. So she then got a Simon Schuster deal. Brandon Sanderson's doing it in reverse. Yeah, like, like, well, he, he I can do whatever he wants, basically. Exactly. He's like, I've got a massive audience. Why would I let like some company take 90% of my profit. Exactly. So now he's just going to make $32 million. <laughs> well, okay. That's the other thing. I do think some people are really misreporting this. Some people are getting really angry because they're like, what author needs $32 million? Remember, first of all, he does have a team and he talks about how there's a team, like other people are going to help. He's not doing yeah, and they have this to, on like, his pay own. pay to make the book still. And that's <laughs> the other huge thing. Like they're making really special edition hardcover, like Ooh. almost, I think they're fake leather, but like leather bound. You know what I mean? Like they're making really yeah. fancy, beautiful books that are going to be super expensive to print. 
Yeah. So so all that money is not just going into his pocket. No, Obviously, he'll still make a lot. That, but yes, most of that money is going to making the books and getting them shipped and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely remember that this isn't thirty two million dollars of pure profit. But yeah. still. That's like, still very still. cool. And that like sets an interesting precedent too because exactly. you know, other authors might see that and be like, wait a minute. Exactly. I could do that too. <laughs> it's so, so interesting. So it, I think all Kickstarters have 30 days or like that's like the normal. The normal amount of time is 30 days. And this one still has 25 days to go. Shoot. It's already at 32 <laughs> million. so crazy. And now uh, I'm like, do I need to sign up too? Like I kind of want that. Like... <laughs> That, that's the thing is like there's i think that's gonna double at least like i can't I imagine know. that that's gonna no. stop anytime soon it's so interesting so you could like for example the cheapest one you can do so like you can just pledge without a reward and like just give money to the project yeah but if you want to like get something you can do the quarterly ebooks oh. and it's forty dollars so yeah that's totally a good deal ten dollars for a new book you would never Mm -hmm. get that deal right you know what i mean like you would never get that deal in real life so to be able to get all four of the books for only ten dollars each there's twenty four thousand seven hundred and twenty five people that have done that (laughs) so that alone i mean that's pure profit because you don't have to (laughs) you don't have to print anything Mm-hmm. um anyways yeah then there's the like audiobook version and then there's the oh, premium cool. hardcover versions and then it just goes up from there like with fancy swag and stuff but this so is fascinating cool. i am so excited to see where this goes already there's so mm-hmm. much pushback on people being like ugh, like of course he gets to do it because he's a, a male and i'm like i'm like it's Fast. the guy wrote he put in the work right he wrote oh exactly i feel like he's got to be one of the hardest working writers yeah. writing today like i don't understand how so he does prolific. it but like how is he's, he doing it? he's earned it i guess yeah like, in a way. i mean like, he has worked really hard to like put out all these like he's written these two huge series well i guess three if you count his he has like a sci-fi series that's going on now too yeah um and like they're all really good like he somehow well, is able to like keep the like the level of and people love them people love those books like people are massive fans of his books and so i'm like happy for brandon sanderson i'm happy for his fans and i'm so curious to see what the repercussions of this are gonna be like i don't think that they thought it would go this way (laughs) i'm sure they hoped but like i can't imagine they thought it would go this big and so it's gonna be so interesting to see like who does this next or who does a yeah. version of this I'm or very intrigued about that. who is, is this going to change the way publishing deals? Like we've seen how much the internet has completely changed how musicians get paid. Why mm. wouldn't it change the way that authors get paid? Um, so, so interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to follow this journey. Cause yeah, I feel like there's going to be a spike of different authors doing something similar. It might not be exactly the same. Cause he does everything on a huge scale, apparently. Yeah, sure. But. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of people are like, well, this is only accessible to authors who already have a huge audience, right? But yeah. I don't 
think that that's exactly true because I think more I'm just fascinated by how he's using the internet like he Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a massive audience to sell books you can have a small audience and smell a small amount of books but like do it on your own and do something cool and make it an event like you know what I mean like we're more talking about how interesting it is that he's doing this internet event as opposed totally. to how many yeah. selling. And I could even see it becoming a thing where there's like a section or something on Kickstarter that's like, here are books that are like, mm. do you want to back this special thing? Yeah. Like maybe that'll become something one day. Who knows? And then there, it'll be easy to find those things, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, mm. it's just fascinating. I'm thinking about how like, will authors always have a clause in their contracts now that says I'm allowed to sell a version of the book myself? Right. Like I'm allowed to make my own cover or my own version, sell it myself on my website. I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't. I. There's a lot of possibilities. So excited. Here. <laughs> well, that has been a very juicy book news, I believe. Um, yeah. That was I also though had one, one tiny piece of books unbound <gasps> news. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Basically, somebody in our Discord named a Nancy Brown said that they started reading Albatross and they're not really liking it. Mm-hmm. And they would love to ship it to someone else who <gasps> oh. would like to read it who is in South Korea because that's where they live. That's so awesome. if you are a listener of this podcast, you live in South Korea and you're a patron. I know it's a very niche group of people we're talking <laughs> about here. Go to our discord and in the general chat, you can find an Nancy Brown because I don't think a lot of people saw um, their post. Yeah. And I thought I would amplify that because... Our whole mission is just to spread a albatross. To spread albatross. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, it is the number one book that we just want everyone to have. I love yeah, that. Yeah, for some reason, that became our life's mission. <laughs> well, well I just thought of something else, actually, oh, yeah. before Tell, we go. go I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our movie club that we're doing over on Patreon. Yes. Um, the, we did Howl's Moving Castle last month, or mm-hmm. I guess in January, whenever it was, at the beginning of February, I think. And it was super fun. Um, But we just wanted to like reinvigorate that. If anybody either is a patron and didn't know about the movie club or if you haven't become a patron yet and you want to join the movie club, we are going to be watching Sense and Sensibility Mm. on April 9th at 12 p.m. PST. So every two months this year, we have a different movie that we'll be watching. They're all book to movie adaptations. And uh, Sense and Sensibility is up next. So if you want to watch that movie with us <laughs> and our mm-hmm. wonderful commentary, that is when we'll be doing that. So <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because we realized with the first one, we kind of forgot to just mention it so that people yeah. were reminded of it. There's obviously so much stuff going on online. Um, you probably listen to a million creators and they're all doing stuff. So it's helpful when we actually remind you that stuff is yeah. happening. So we'll definitely, (laughs) we'll do another reminder right before, um, the week before. But yeah, thanks, Raylene. That's a good one. Um, All right. We did it, folks. This was the end of, this is the end. We're at the end of this episode. I'm really glad to be back home. Really glad to be back chatting with Raylene. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just did a lot of book buying. Now I hope I can shift into a lot of book (laughs) reading yeah we'll see we'll see it's a good it's a valiant mission for you (laughs) all right we'll talk to you guys next week we are now going to go record our mini podcast books unbucket where we answer questions from our patrons this question comes from chrissy 
she asks sometimes when i get recommended uh when i get a recommendation from someone who is in love with their book recommendation i get anxious that i won't <laughs> love the book too and disappoint the person who recommended it i'll oh, buy yeah. the book because of them but then it becomes some kind of a weird unmashed potato book like a book you feel like you have to read but you don't want to <laughs> don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you have any books on your shelves that you're too anxious to read in case you hate it i love, love this question. question this is super fun so if you want to listen to that, it's on our Patreon. Everything is linked in the show notes. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.